Welcome, fellow travelers, to Never Ending Adventure Podcast. I am Russell Tindall, and with me as always... DJ P. Nettie P. Ned, I'm not moving a lot this week. I And by this week, I really mean today, as of about 10 minutes ago. I didn't tell you this. We've been talking a little bit, catching up before this talk. But I went on a run, and about halfway through it, I was probably a mile and a half out. I felt my back give in, so I think I pulled something in my back, and I literally had to walk a mile and a half back, and every step, I was in a lot of pain. So I'm going to be as still as possible for this podcast. Still? Like the episode we're talking about? Maybe like the episode we're talking about. If you hear me wince here and there, you know, it's because I'm in pain, and it's all I could do to uh, sit up straight and and talk on a (laughs) microphone right now. So you really uh, yeah, do. Yeah, we're talking about still. The the freezing potion and still would be more of a uh, more of a prescription for you right now than a, yeah, than oh an gosh, ailment. I would love it. I would love it. Uh, Allie's father was like, "I've got a prescription like back pain thingamajig you put on your back," and I was like, "Oh, hmm, maybe." Oh, like, but, like uh, no, like, literally, I am like in so much pain grade right now. Icy hot patches or something? Yeah, I guess, dude. I I don't really know. I almost took him up on the offer, but I was like trying to be like, no, I'm good, man. It's it's all good. It doesn't hurt that bad. Uh, I'm in a a decent amount of pain right now, but we'll see how it goes. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully it's just a tweak to like rest it up and and maybe take a couple of days off from extraneous exercise. Well, similarly to me, uh, we have two of our main characters being rather still this episode. It's not their fault. We're talking about Adventure Time, Season 3, Episode 7, Still, where yeah, Ice it, King is the cause of their stillness. I know. I mean, you. I, I will state it every time it happens. I love me a good Treehouse episode. I really do. Like, Man, I was so curious about what you were going to think about this episode because I know you love Treehouse episodes, as you just said, but I, I don't know how I feel about this one. It's not I, really my episode. I I appreciate this one, and it's it's more of um we've had a couple of ones in season three so far because we're only on episode seven, but a couple of kind of vibey ones with season three where they, they don't like hit it for me, and they don't hit the mark, and this one just feels very adventure timey. We're back to like okay. a Finn and Jake protagonist episode. It's Finn and Jake and Ice King, and that kind of just by season three when you know we don't have the whole expanded ooh universe yet. It kind of get. It feels like it's back to its roots. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, I, I can get with that. It does feel. It almost does feel like a season one episode. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of nice. I do. Like, yeah, it's a it's lot fun of when you don't get to very lighthearted to me. Yeah, lighthearted, and it's not necessarily like time stamped. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I, this could. Have I can't been say anywhere. there's only one thing that does time stamp this episode, and I thought it was. I didn't catch it. Um, until I like read a lot on the episode, the okay, the very end when they, you know, we're skipping right to the end, but um, the silver sword um, that they kind of like bonk mm. Ice King on the head with is the sword they used in the Gladiator episode. I'm not even going to try to do the Latin for it again, but is it cool? Um, so I think that's I, the sword. I guess Finn <laughs> kind of took some took some loot with him from the Gladiator arena. Nice. That's actually that's my tops. Is that moment. When oh, really? I just the butterflies, when... the butterflies that... carry the sword. It's so funny. He goes, Finn, Jake, 
a bunch of butterflies, <laughs> a sword. <laughs> it, it, it's so like uh, Doofenshmirtz from um, uh, Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. Yes, yeah, a platypus. Perry the platypus. Perry the platypus. <laughs> <laughs> the butterfly. Yeah, man, I, I, I can't believe we've never referenced that on the show, but. I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't always come off as that. That's not the same act, voice actor, I'm sure. Oh, no. Of I'm course not. it's not because the voice actor for him is the guy who created uh, Phineas and Ferb, which is yeah. definitely not the Ice King. So, no, no. <laughs> uh, Ice King, but, isn't Ice King uh, SpongeBob? Is that, am so. I remembering that correctly? Yeah. I, well, I'll, I'll look that up again. I need to know that. It's been a minute. We haven't looked up the voice actors for the main characters in a little while. Um, but Ned, I did want to ask you a question before we got too deep into this episode. Well, what's my uh, favorite color? Oh, your favorite color. I'm pretty sure it's red. You don't love me. <laughs> you don't love me. Come that's on. Such, man. It's such a loaded question. Come on, no, man. Jake, like literally, I could know man, so much about a person. Like, and like, like Jake, I know that sometimes you don't cry because you're afraid of real emotions. It's okay. It's Let okay. It we have talked about that on on the podcast. I can say, <laughs> I man, know, it was so perfect. It was so perfect for this podcast. Oh my gosh. Can I can I start this? Can we go a little off um off our typical uh, program no here and, and start with Rex because that fits into this um, this segment here. Sure. What's your Rex? Well, I watched a movie this week and like just was crying so hard. Um, oh, me and Jackie man. both crying. So hard. we watched everything, everywhere, all at once. And it was... Is it good? I haven't seen it. So, so good. So wow. deep. Um I mean, honestly, I like I read reviews on it. It's it's probably one of the best multiverse movies ever made. Um, Is it really? Yeah, and it's got a lot. It's like multiverse. It's crazy. It's the ADHD's person's favorite movie in the world because it's just so much going on. But I mean, it gets really deep into uh, multiverse concepts and what that would, you know, in theory, kind of be like, <laughs> it, like almost realistically, scientifically, be like. But there's like just really good kind of like family value lessons cool. at the very end, how she reconnects with her husband. So absolutely, my recommendation okay. is go watch that movie. What's it on? What's it on right now? Um, I think, well, we paid for it because we meant to see it in the theaters and we didn't. So we were like, we can front 20 bucks on Amazon Prime for okay. it because we would have purchased theater seats for it anyway. Yeah. I mean, if it's that dang good, maybe I need to yeah. watch it. I mean, it, it definitely had me crying like hard at one scene. Yeah. My rec for this week is uh, get yourself a plant. I think everybody needs a plant. Everybody needs a plant? Yeah, man. And we, I got yeah, a plant. we got lots of plants. Well, like, get yourself a special plant. I got a special plant. It's a baby map, uh, Japanese maple tree from my grandma's Ooh. house that was growing underneath her maple tree. That's and awesome. And we, like, dug it out of the ground, put it in a pot with some dirt, and I've been battling to keep it alive. I'm, I do not have a green thumb. <laughs> But it it sound, well, it sounds like that's rewarding. kind of a tree that would probably have some very uh, finicky conditions to grow in anyway. It's probably been a lot of stress, and I think I just didn't realize how often you got to water those things. So I'm working on it. It's looking better. It's got a whole bunch of leaves that are slowly growing. I mean, it's like three inches tall. It's tiny, you know? Yeah. So it's in a very important phase of its life, and I don't have a name for it. I'm looking for a name. Uh, I think viewers or listeners of the podcast know that I have a lucky bamboo um, tree that I 
am slowly uh, fathering. That means a lot to me that I named after what I thought was the Japanese word for plant, but actually is not the Japanese word for plant. <laughs> so it just has a As random is name. tradition. As is tradition. But anyways, let's get back on this. Yeah, this back in. I had to, I had to get my wreck early because we talked about me never crying. So you know, I okay. had to I had to show that I do have emotions, guys. <laughs> Man, but something I did, that sticks I, out to me so much in this episode is how often we see Ice King's like stomach and desire to like show us full frontal, and I yeah don't need that from Ice King. Man, he does it with the <laughs> bottle. He tucks in the bottle like right in the front of his pants. Um, and then he also is like stripping for Jake when he's like, oh, we got to look like each other and that's how we'll bond. <laughs> he's about to take his clothes off. Just <laughs> And Jake's like, no, 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 no. I mean, as we mentioned before, technically Jake is wearing a very thin, like... A very thin silk spider, was yes. it uh, spider webs spun by pixies or something? Pants. Yeah, so technically he's not nude. Yes. But to the blind eye, he's he's nude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I did, man. I, I love that you bring up that scene first because that 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 scene hit me hard, man. When, um, you know, he's like, "What's your favorite color?" or "What's my favorite color?" Um, and and I like I said, I do think that's a loaded question. Anyway, I think that's I hate how Terrible that's like question. our yeah, that's our cultural acceptance for like you know me so well. Like, what's my birthday and favorite color? I'm like, those are pretty yeah, objective things. Rough. I'd rather people know way more subjective things about me. Um, or about my personality or how I behave rather than like, you know, how do I take my cereal in the morning or something, you know, something well, stupid. My favorite color is blue, in case you were curious. <sighs> okay, mine's blue too. That's why we, that's why we vibe. Easy, easy. Yeah, that's why we vibe. I think uh, truthfully, you know, like the whole I'm a Scorpio type thing and you're not a also Scorpio? A Scorpio. I Are you I, also I a Scorpio? Okay. I don't know. I, I don't do any well, of that mind. stuff, but I know. What, I was about to have a theory about it's all about what your favorite color is, but uh, we also <laughs> share the same sign, so never mind. <laughs> I'll scratch that. Yeah, actually. Uh, so the the funny thing about this podcast is it's actually not two guys. It's just Russell using two different voices. It's just it's just him talking with himself. And whenever I'm talking over myself, I'm going back and re-recording. It's very <laughs> painstaking and. That's why, like, I'm always begging for, you know, like, let's get this podcast going so I don't have to pay, like, my producer, who is also me, technically. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm the one on social media. You the know, most like, productive, <laughs> uh, the most productive anyone can be with multiple personality disorder, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start a podcast. God. Start a podcast with yourself. Oh, man, in this economy, Ned. In this economy. Again, oh man, that was like a. I had a few runner-up tops moments of this episode <laughs> when he locks the bottles, and he's like, "In this economy," I thought that no. was just like there. There's so many nods to kind of like adult humor in this episode. That was one mm-hmm. of them when he's like, "You guys are a princess blocking me." Um, I was like, "That's such a funny like just over the top kid like not it's a kid's joke." They try, he's tried to kill them. It's because they're yeah. princess blocking them. They're, I get it. Your princess blocking me. <laughs> Um, oh man, and then so and then funny. just like, oh man, when he's like, part of me is going to be inside of you. Like that's Gross. it's just kind of these like creepy Eggs. little like adult jokes thrown in there. Yeah, I I know, man. But it's funny. I mean, what I've found is I really do enjoy Ice King and Gunter's relationship. In this episode, you see it a lot how they interact, and 
Gunter will do something. I'll get on Ice King's nerves and I'll yell at him. And then Gunter will kind of do the the puppy dog eyes, kind of be cute for just a half second. And immediately Ice King's just like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. Like, you're, you're just too cute, you know? Like, <laughs> it's so uh, much like my relationship with my dog, though. I'm like, stop being a little <laughs> shit. And then he just turns around and looks at me and I'm like, dang it, they're too cute. I can't. Yeah. Just, just sit down. <laughs> I just, it's funny. I We don't really understand or I don't really understand the relationship Ice King has with penguins. He has so many penguins. I don't know why he chose that to be his. Is that his? Pets. Is that his astral beast? Oh, you think so? No, I don't know. It, it is something to where like his Ice Kingness probably brings in some sort of like psychological connection mm. with penguins because he talks to them all the time. They understand him. You know, I'm just I'm convinced that Gunter like. You know, I had that theory forever ago that the pressure points, the deadly pressure points is what's mm-hmm. keeping Gunter like under his control. Maybe there's something with the crown. I, I don't know, man. Like maybe if Gunter got the crown on his head, then his true form, I don't, who knows? Well, I mean, well, everybody else in the podcast listening knows. I just don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't spoil too much. So guys out there that are big fans, like I want to talk about it. I want to talk about Orgalorg. We can't do that this episode, but we will in the future. But I can say that you really do begin to see that Gunter is this agent of chaos, you know? And for sure in this episode, he's just he puts like, up with a lot. But yeah, yeah, he is an agent of chaos. The agent time. of chaos. Yeah. At, like to the extreme, to Ice King and his, like the to Ice King's detriment, to Finn and Jake's detriment. He's just like wants to cause chaos. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. The key when when Ice King was doing <laughs> his presentation yeah. and the keys on the ground and he's just kind of slowly getting closer and closer to it and you could just see Jake like, come on, you know, get it, man. That that had me cracking up. That was actually yeah, that was, And then part. he just turns around and then starts like flapping Jake's jowls. <laughs> he's like, stop bonding without me. <laughs> Ice King, <laughs> that was a good what one. A, what a fool, man. I know. Well, I, that's what I was going to ask you about, you know, what your Gunter thoughts were. So I'm glad that you kind of brought it up on your own as well. Cause I was yeah. like, that's, that's a big part. We, we've seen a little bit of Gunter. We've seen Gunter have a psychedelic cat baby. Um, hmm. He's had some episodes, but we get a little bit more like Gunter personality. What happened to in this that? One. What happened to that? I don't know. I, I have no idea. Does it I, never come back? I know it doesn't come back. I would assume that it's either just now floating around astral planes ethers, or yeah, going around something. ethers or that princess bubblegum's got it like locked up as a science experiment that would be my other mm. theoretical on gunter's baby well all right let's get to my theoretically speaking because we've kind of mm. touched on a little bit with the the astro bees theoretically speaking then for whatever reason summons a bunch of butterflies which is such a wonderful moment in this episode mm-hmm. where he's like yeah i don't know what it is but it, it sounded pretty like intimidating and then you just see all the butterflies show up on the fin, and then one goes to Jake. <laughs> and then that realization of like Jake being like, you summon butterflies. You summon He's butterflies. Like, yeah, I, I do say, uh, I'll let you get to your theoretically speaking, yeah. but as we are at this moment, that's my tops of the episode. When Finn just wakes up, all the music cuts so out, fair. and he goes, the astral beast cometh. Like, <laughs> like, so fair. Well, my theoretically speaking is that I believe there is a reason he summoned the, the butterflies. I think there's mm. a reason. Instead of some monstrous apex predator uh, came to help them, I think the butterflies are significant in some way. I'm sure he has some connection with butterflies or perhaps it's like his spirit animal 
Um, I can only hope though that he finds like a giant butterfly and he be, befriends it or like Naruto, he develops some sort of a sage mode and becomes more powerful instead of like the toad sage mode that Naruto does. It's butterflies. Um, my so, one exception to this, theoretically speaking, is the other tart butterfly with the laser gun. Yes. That, that's. I think that guy just lives in the desert as a butterfly bandit. But yeah, I not, can't not say this has been probably of all of our 63 episodes, this has been my favorite, theoretically speaking, that you've brought up because you, yes. you are 100% correct. Am I? Yes. What? You are in, you know... How's he... Is it like a spirit animal or is it... Do you want me to... Sp- like, it's, not a, it's not a major spoiler drop, you know, because it probably means nothing to you. I want it because I want the reward of hearing yes. that I'm correct. But if anyone doesn't want to hear it, skip forward 15 seconds or something. Yeah, like skip that. forward about mid 30, 45 seconds here and you don't want to hear it. This is a spoiler drop. Spoiler drop. So later on in season three, we do have this moment where Finn connects with a... a a different, you know, almost like ghostly like being. Well, it, it's in the haunted mansion episode. That brings up a new topic of Finnism, a new kind of like Finn uh, canon. That there has been multiple reincarnations of Finn and the Finn essence, and in one okay. of his reincarnations, it's and it's not explained it's not it's it's more like mentioned in passing several times but Finn was a butterfly in a past life. Oh wow. Just um and so that butterfly nothing like yeah, special just a about straight it? up butterfly. Cool. In a past wow. life. Um so we it's got not, like, a like there's not a whole episode on it. There's not like yeah. a deep explanation it's more just like a lot of moments in later adventure time when Finn's like kind of has learned that he's had these past lives. Um, it just kind of flashes between some of the different things he's been, and one of them is a butterfly. So that's why I was like, wow. dude, you're theoretically speaking, is spot on here. Heck yeah. I just... Sorry, I'm being a little quiet. I, as I pulled back just then, my back just sent a, Oof. a jolt of pain through me. But that is super sick, man. I, I love that. I finally hit one. I know, I know. It's so it's so nice for me not to have to rip your theoretically speaking to shreds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in so much pain. Yeah, Um, you're 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 becoming enough of an Adventure Time fan where your theoretically speaking's will begin to align with exactly what the show's going for. So this is like a good exciting moment in the podcast. Man, well, I think that's a good enough note for me to go to a commercial. If you're cool with that, take a breather, (laughs) sit on sit on your big win right there. Yeah. All right. We'll see y'all in a second. Come one, come all to the Ice King Gallery Exposition, showcasing Ice King's most prolific period of innovative penguin stylings, known largely for self-revelation via the expansion of perception given to the anatomy of penguins. Praised as poignant and charming, Ice King successfully captures the essence of humanity and his muses. Gunter's energy has never been so palpable as seen before. Also, we have a little cheese, a little cider, maybe a veggie plate. Could be nice. Oh, man, welcome back. Yes, welcome. Welcome, everybody. The astral beast. The astral beast cometh. This I love. I just love like the, the Finn whispers, and and he's like, even at the beginning when he's like, yeah. "Astro Beast, come to me." Astro and he's beast. just kind of whispering, but 
I love and he's to... rolling around in the astro plane. It was so colorful. It was almost my tops, but then I had to not have it be my tops because the sword moment was so much funnier. Yeah, I, I would say it's it's that was my runner up tops. Um, outside from, um, outside from uh, what was my other top? I had I had like three tops this episode. Oh but my gosh! I would say now on that topic, my lovely is Astral Plane Finn. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. Is it? Okay. Yeah. That's, I think more, that. That's cool. <laughs> kind of like floating around. He's in this full white suit. In the him spinning and he's just like, wee, Astral Beast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I, I love, love the that idea moment. though. Even just the idea of, of Finn and Jake's other senses being enhanced because if they didn't do that in this episode, I don't really know if this would be a good episode. Yeah, I think yeah, this well, episode is saved by the astro plane and by the astro beast, astral beasts. Yeah, and maybe if it was a little more bit Ice King and Gunter's relationship. Yeah, I mean, it had like the little kind of like A story, B story that a lot of the Adventure Time episodes do. So, like B story was like Finn yeah, and the astral plane. They were just both kind of weak, in my opinion. But again, I, that's just how I feel about this episode. But I, I do like the Finn and Jake both going Daredevil. And all of a sudden, their other senses are heightened. I mean, I can tell right now, I'm being very still. And my sense of pain is heightened. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, I mean, I was going to ask, have you ever <laughs> tried, like, meditating? Like, not even astral projection, but on the, the yeah. simplistic side of things, like meditation. Oh, for sure. I mean, to a degree, you know, coming from a, a Christian background... And for whatever reason, somewhere along the way, my dad gave me a book. Uh, it's a Chuck Norris written book about the art of Zen. And so I read the art of Zen and meditation is a big part of that. And we've talked about this a little bit in the past on this uh, podcast, I believe. But essentially, I was like, oh, this is really great. What I can do is I can take elements of this and apply it to how I go about my relationship with God. And so meditating yeah. was a no, part I- of that. I don't think that there's, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think that there's like, like meditation is inherently anti-Christian no, or anything no, like that. No, I'm not that, trying to like say it's, that. It's yeah, just not no, something and that the Bible talks, to my knowledge, a lot about meditating. Is it really yeah. something that's prevalent in Christianity? And so it was just something where I took that from an outside source and I was like, I can apply. And I think that goes for any religion, even if it's not your religion, there's certain elements from be it uh, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, whatever, where you could take elements of that and go, oh, to whatever my personal beliefs are, I can apply these things. And and meditation was just an example of one that I did with uh, Buddhism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and then I, I kind of saw, like in thinking about meditation and when I've tried it in the past, you know, not very successfully, I know a lot of the times it's it's all about introspection and it's kind of like, feel the room where you're at, feel your body, feel the weight of your arms. It's all like introspective looking inward. But then Finn's kind of like meditative position here is a real like meditation to connect with the greater astral plane, the greater universal powers. And it's like, I guess that maybe that's two sides of the same coin with like a like meditative aspect is, yeah. are you doing this for your own introspection to get more closely grounded with yourself and with your surroundings, or are you meditating to connect with some sort of astral universal plane? You know, it's definitely not a topic I know much about, but I do feel like when I'm meditating, whenever that is, how often, not very often, but 
I sit there and I try and be completely silent and listening is something that I'm trying to do more so. Whereas Finn in this episode, he's taking his astral projecting yeah, or whatever. He's shutting he's out seeking, the immediate well, he's world. He's seeking a beast. Yeah, he's yeah. shutting everything out, but he's there looking and searching for a thing to save them versus yeah. me where I'm like, I'm just going to be as quiet as I can get my mind to be. And then I don't have a mission or anything like that. I'm just sitting here and I'm listening and even trying to ignore everything around me and, and be in a different state almost. Yeah. Like we'll be at oneness, like with yourself and with your like immediate, like carpet around you. It's like what is what that kind of aspect of it's supposed to be. But I don't know. Send us, send us your notes on meditation. Obviously we are, I mean, super amateurs on the topic and the practice. Yeah, I know nothing so. about it. I don't know. Maybe we can meditate on Adventure Time and <laughs> and and get more deep thoughts out of this for sure. Something I do know a lot about though is a good late night gab session. Oh, hello, man. Jock. I love how he just reverted straight to middle school girl <laughs> and the gab, yeah, the gab session. Did. I mean, dude, freaking! It, it really is like the best bonding experience. I always kind of felt jealous of like friends of mine in college that had roommates that were buddies of ours that we were close to because I knew they were having late night gab sessions, just chatting it up. And it's such a good bonding experience. I mean, I had a roommate freshman year of college that I really didn't spend a lot of time with, but I felt close to him because we would have these conversations late at night in our dorm room, no one else there, just me and him chatting. And, you know, we talked about everything. We talked about our family. We talked mm -hmm. about like religion and and he came from india you know and i mean just such a cool moment where we had so little in common and we did so little together and at the same time like we bonded so deeply just from that late night pillow talks and it's kind of a shame that ice king is having to force that on finn and jake yeah he desires it i mean that's the big thing is like he he desires that jake don't. connection not, they don't yeah because they already like, have it, you know? Yeah, with each other. Yeah. But here's the other thing, though. It is cool that Jake is not being ignored. That That's something that I took away from this episode, because in almost every other episode, it feels like to me that the main characters of Adventure Time, Princess Bubblegum, um, gosh, any princess that's obsessed with Finn, like, they're all like Jake takes a backseat. He takes a backseat, and then this you really can tell that Ice King went out of his way and for most of the episode, because Finn was off in, you know, his own world, the actual mm -hmm. plane, Jake was the one that he was trying to bond with. Jake was the one that he was, like, hanging out with for the most part. Yeah, yeah, we, we get cool. to see like Jake that. take a little bit more of a front seat in an episode. Yeah, he, um, like, wanted to be buds with Jake, too, not just Finn. It, it feels like Ice King's friendship with him is pretty equal for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I think well he he always I think he wants to be like part of a triumvirate of the three of them, you know. Yeah. And and that that is Jake included. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but well, I I love the gab session. We just called it pillow talk with all my buddies. Talk. We would just be like it it's pillow, pillow talk, talk time. Yeah. Gab but, session does sound a little bit like your middle school girl like gossiping type thing. Yeah. Well, he with, with his little wrist thing when he's like, ooh, <laughs> when you have a crush on somebody. Like, Oh, that's right. I did thought you it talk was, about that? I did think it was funny that 
at the beginning of the episode, he was like, I know, Jake, sometimes you don't cry because you're afraid to express emotion. But then he <laughs> reverts back to like, do you have a girlfriend? And Jake's like, obviously, it's Lady Rainicorn. It's like, how did Ice King <laughs> not know that? But he knew all about like Finn's favorite foods and Jake's <laughs> deep thoughts and stuff like that. But he didn't know that Jake had a girlfriend when her picture was like XOXO right next to him in the bed. And then he tries to admit that he has a crush on Princess Bubblegum. And Jake's just like, yeah, dude, of course you do. Like, I know this. We all know this about you. Forced pillow talk. Well, the whole episode is forced conversation, forced hanging. It's honestly, it's kind of creepy how Ice King does this to Finn and Jake. But I think he just doesn't, and we've talked about this before. He doesn't know how to make friends work yeah. or how making friends work at all. I mean, shoot, I barely know how to make friends after college anyways. I don't <laughs> think any of us really know because no one's around us that's the same age or at least not to the degree that they always have been in, in high school and college and all that. And he goes into this weird place where he's kind of, it feels like he's hoping with Finn and Jake and with the princesses that they will experience some form of Stockholm Syndrome. And so yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. If you Do you not agree? Do you not think so? Not not. Nece- I want to hear your thoughts on it, but okay. I don't I don't think I, that's necessarily where my mind went with Ice King in this yeah. situation. So you don't think he's... I mean, I, I certainly don't think that's his, like, goal. I don't think he's, like, trying to get people to like him kind of fakely or, or per some sort of a... Um, situational, like, I don't know, like hypnotism or whatever. But I do think it just reminded me and Allie of Stockholm Syndrome for some reason when we were watching this because they are essentially his prisoner for X amount of time. And I was like, maybe they'll eventually like start to like him simply because yeah. of they're I mean, forced to be around him. It's what he's done with princesses for so long. He's captured them yeah. and locked them away and then been like, just give it time and you'll fall in love with me. Kind you don't of thing. think that's so, what he's hoping? No, I don't. I mean, I think that's his end goal is to have to make friends. But I really see it as, and and there's a really telling moment in this episode um, when he dresses up like Finn, and he is down to like minute details, like the backpack and the socks that he draws on with <laughs> with a with a sharpie. Um, and he was like. We we need to be better friends. Let's walk a mile in each other's shoes and gain. What does he say? Like gain perspective on each other. Yeah. And so I think that that's. I would say it's it's a growth in Ice King that he does it. He just does it backwards. That he does realize that in order to make friends with Finn and Jake, it it is about perspective. It's not all Stockholm syndrome, but yeah, he sure. really should I think have he's just struggling in general. Yeah, like he's and, and that with would have been transition to being good. He's struggling with his identity as like the evil villain of the show. But I don't even think he identifies himself as an evil villain or evil per se. Or I don't even think he identifies himself as annoying Finn and Jake. Okay, um, yeah, just because of his wizard madness that like it certainly just shrouds one. He's a lot yeah, better that that shrouds his perspective of how people see him. You know. Um, so yeah. he's not very introspective, but I think he really wants Jake and Finn to understand where he's at. You know, that he really wants them to get that he's a cool guy and that he is trying hard to make friends. And I think his wizard madness mixed with 
being kind of ostracized for a thousand years. Um, both of those two two things mixed together is him is him trying his best to be a good friend. He makes some omelets in the morning, like not very good omelets made with, with his, his feet. feet and them. But I don't think us. he sees that as malicious at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, that's fine. Well, I agree. I, at the very least, I want to talk about Stockholm Syndrome a little bit just because it is so fascinating. As we came up with that idea, we did a little bit of research and Ali kind of already knew a little bit of of where that, like the origins of Stockholm Syndrome. And I don't know if you're super aware of it, but... Not the origins, no. I'll fly through it really fast. I mean, so essentially, in a, there was a Swedish bank robbery in Stockholm, 1973, where... He asked for about the equivalent of $700,000 from a bank and took four hostages. Um, He was later joined by his buddy, who was, I think, already in prison and was going to potentially be the getaway driver. And the hostages and their captors stayed there for a week in the bank. While the whole week that they were there, the captors, and I think this was like televised or at least like very much uh, in the news, like everybody... Yeah, in the public arena. was aware of it, but... The captors were very nice to them. They were on a first-name basis. Uh, they consoled them when they had bad dreams and put jackets on them when they were cold. So they were like treating their hostages like like people, you know, instead of like hostages. And one, by the, like the end of it, they had created this bond. One of the hostages actually offered to be like their one hostage so they can get away safely. And it was noted that the hostages were more afraid of the cops than they were of their own captors by the end of the week, which is mm-hmm. insane to me. Um, yeah, yeah, and, but, and you could see a little bit of that in this episode when he offers to make omelets, and Jake's like, "Hey, actually, that sounds that sounds pretty good," <laughs> you know, like just that moment. Yeah, yeah I, was like, I could see that little trigger little moment there where he forgets so, that he's actually a hostage. You know, yeah, and and they even just to well wrap it up real fast. They even made yeah. the captors surrender to the police in a way that kept them all from being shot. And in the end, uh, they all said that the captors were nice guys and that they visited them. Apparently, they went and visited them in prison, like as just like friends, which is nuts to me that that is the origins of Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, as very much. I, I've always associated with Beauty and the Beast. You know, that's like the definition oh, yeah. of my definition of baseline Stockholm Syndrome. I think that's fair too. Yeah. You know, um, and that one's very obvious. And once you once you really break down the Beauty and the Beast story, you're like, oh yeah, this is a this is a little messed up. Like <laughs> yeah. something's something's yeah, a little off here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but but yeah, I also I, I related it not in a Stockholm syndrome way, but um, especially now that we've been introduced to Lemon Grab, um, it, it reminds me a little bit of like maybe drawing a parallel between the two characters is that they are not in their nature evil and they're not in their nature like trying to do bad things but there is something about their nature where it's just a little like uh off the spectrum of society um and they're like why are the way that i do things the way that i see the world is not accepted by anybody else and i'm uh, criticized for it, ostracized for it, go live in your own kingdom, go like nobody wants to be around you. And I think it makes that, you know, concept uh, and, and Ice King's craziness, his madness even worse is when he's pushed away 
by people. And so every time he takes little steps to be close with Finn and Jake and close friends with them, every time that Jake and Finn do show a little bit of empathy in that situation, Ice King, you kind of see him take a step back into reality slowly. That he's for sure not as crazy as he was in season one. He's for sure trying his best. There's no more like, I'm going to go steal princesses. Like, it seems to be way less aggressive, you know? I noticed that when he had his crown knocked off of his head at the very end, that's when he goes, okay, fine. I'll like spray y'all with the unfreeze spray. Yeah, that his crown's actually off for a second. His crown is off his head. Yeah, it gets knocked off, I think, by the butterflies. I'm not really sure. I don't recall. Yeah, well, um, and I think Finn and Jake learn as soon as you knock his crown off, you, he can't really like spray you with ice or lock you up within ice oh, yeah. prison or whatever. So that's what like, they usually okay, go fine. for. I don't know how y'all are doing this, but I'll you know I'll spray you with the unfreeze spray, and then of course he freezes them, and all the butterflies also are frozen. Poor poor <laughs> astral beasts. <laughs> poor you <know>? astral beasts. <laughs> oh um, gosh. But yeah, that's that was kind of my deep thought yeah. around that, and um, it, it made me look into like the the in depths of like, are you evil and malicious, or are you just like like unaware? And I found a, a little snippet. There was a long article from Psychology Today about um, you know, evil versus good versus evil, uh, doing evil, being evil. And just a snippet that I thought was really great was that people are often afraid of differences they don't understand. Sometimes sometimes prejudice can hide in plain sight, practiced most painfully by the people who are most close to you, who may have no idea that they are perpetuating it or why. But when people become aware or choose to be aware, things change in a profound way. And so I think that stuck out to me because I really do see Ice King in these situations trying his best and it not working. And Finn and Jake are like, no, don't stick your feet in my omelet. No, don't freeze us. This is not the way that it's this forced awareness on Ice King. Um, and he's really being forced to be aware that, and not being told, hey, you know, we are friends, but you can't freeze us. And that's like, it, it, Ice King was not aware that that was a bad thing. Um, so each little episode like this is a baby step yeah. towards his true self. Yeah, well, we'll see. He's got a couple more seasons to to get there and more yeah, just, for it. just like six more seasons to be just, there, you know. Yeah, quite a few episodes to be fair. Uh, yeah. man, we we kind of skipped over. I, I'm I mentioned him earlier in case anyone was curious who my lovely was. It was Gunter. Yeah, I I, I, I figured so. He was my runner up, lovely. Shoot, dude, I would take black and white photos of of Gunter as well. You know <laughs> why not? His body parts weird. Uh, yeah. Oh, I, but I meant to also so say. Funny though. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just um, thinking. I was just reflecting on the scene where Ice King. I mean, it was kind of our commercial where Ice King is presenting a slideshow of all the photos he's taken of penguin body parts. Yeah. And I just love how deep he gets. He's like, "Here I am. Look at me. Accept me." When it's uh, Gunter's eyeball and you know just a corner of his face staring into the camera. It's so good. Yeah, no, I took that as a really um, more deep like aspect of this episode. It, it seemed so funny, like, and and I think the writers were totally ripping on you know people that call themselves photographers, but it's just like, dude, you're just like taking close up pictures of random yeah. stuff and calling it art, you know. <laughs> um, but in that moment, he's like, "See how Gunter's staring into the camera? He's saying, look at me, accept me.'" 
I think that's Ice King, again, being blissfully uh, non-introspective and not realizing that that's what he's saying to Finn and Jake, is look oh, at me, accept yeah. me. Um, and that this is his it, almost his uh, subconscious way of projecting that feeling is through his penguin photography. Oh, you damn, Ned. All right. I told you See, I was going to get, get real deep get behind on this that episode. One. I like that yeah. one. I think that's my my favorite deep thought you've had this this episode. Yeah, my mind was definitely running in different directions with the, this episode. But yeah, that moment when I was like, "What is Ice King's goal what here?" Is he and what is he really saying? Yeah, I think I think maybe when it's more artistic, you know, it, forms of self expression are so better expressed when you know you can put it on something else or project it with art art or music or anything like that. And mm-hmm. that's probably what helped Ice King get that out of his mouth is look at me, accept me, but it's yeah. all through you know, a vision of him to black keep and going. white gunter. I needed to hear more of what he had to say. We only got to see two photos. As silly as that sounds, like it was one of my favorite parts, especially when he talks about, you know, like a little cheese, a little cider. Could be a little nice. cheese, a little like, cider, maybe I a veggie plate. That that was <laughs> it was such a vibe. I was like, man, let's just have a slideshow of photography by Ice King. <laughs> oh, trust me. I feel like if you had gotten more than three slides into that one, it would have started to be it would have gotten a little yeah. creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it already was kind of a little odd, but well, and then the funny I part of that it. is black and white photography of penguins, which are already black and white. So yeah, certainly. <laughs> like, that was kind of the funny part too. But yeah. Oh man, what did you what uh, what did you learn from this episode? Some I learned lessons. two things. Don't use too much foot in your omelets, which I think mm. is a pretty obvious lesson. Unless you uh, is, love some sodium, little yeah, little toe cheese. Yeah, gross. Uh, my other lesson is jerks say huggies or sorry hungies when they're hungry. We had uh, oh, yeah. Ice King and Ash both say that they were hungies now. Oh, so I didn't I'm even draw that, that connection. Only say that. Yep. Good call. Good call. I was. That's a good. I guess that was a good callback. And Jake was like, "No, I'm hungry." <laughs> he goes, "Ash gets hungies at eight o'clock." <laughs> Ash get hungies at eight o'clock. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, my lesson goes on the my deeper train is that we got to show a little empathy for the people when you can see that they're trying their best, even if it's annoying you. Um, and really, I have you know I have more to say about that, but the wrap up and the easy way to state it is that perspective. I still think, and I know this has been my lesson in a past episode, but that perspective is one of life's hardest things to grasp onto, but it's the most valuable, and it's going to be not only bettering your own self and your own circumstances, but other people. Uh, if you gain perspective on other people and make them feel heard and accepted for who they are, yep. then I mean, literally, it again progresses them. If they annoy you and you accept them and you gain their perspective, then they'll probably stop doing as much annoying stuff because they'll gain perspective on you and being going, oh, yeah, I guess that is kind of annoying. Maybe I shouldn't mm-hmm. do that, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's that my, that my little lesson. Well, right on. Let's wrap this up. I think this is okay to be a short episode. It's a yeah. good one. Well, sure. Yeah, 42 minutes still. That was uh, that was what we thought right. was long from season one. So Yeah, true. Uh, you know, I don't know how people feel about... We have no metrics to see the, the length that people typically listen to currently. So I'm just assuming that people don't mind if we go a little bit long. But today, yeah. we'll go 20 minutes early. And uh, just thank you all for listening and checking out the podcast. And all your reviews... Everything that you've done helps us so much. Every time you've shared the podcast, 
you know, we get awesome organic growth from you sharing the podcast with your friends or on social media. Yeah. You can Pesticide hit us up on free growth. Yeah. You can hit us up on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. You can email us your thoughts, your opinions on episodes. Let's get that traveler's log back into an episode. Hopefully Lock next week up. we'll have a, a little segment. Um, nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. We are on YouTube. There's still no visual element. One day there will be, surprisingly, maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah. I mean, otherwise, happy Tuesday. We'll see you all next Tuesday. Go out there, watch Star Wars. You know, watch all the way through Star Wars. I'm still digging it from Kenobi. The last episode mm-hmm. was uh, pretty good. Oh, um, oh yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't wreck that again because I already did it no. from like episode two. But no, and holy I have too many shimoli, It was so I don't great. Know. I've got. I got my own opinions about it. It's good, but it's like it could could have been way better. That's that's um, everything with Star Wars, though. You know, I know. it's I know. it's all we'll everybody's personal. This is what I wanted to happen. Never actually happened. So we we'll all got to live in season that universe. Two goes. If season two might re- if, revive. If there's a season two. There's got to be a season two of Kenobi. Anyway, I saw a Kathleen Kennedy quote this week that she said, we never planned for there to be a season two. We planned for it to be a, a smaller release. And... Ned- you know what they never planned for? They never planned for any of the episodes of the new Star Wars. They didn't plan any of them. <laughs> it's very so, true. Kennedy, whatever. Up. They got to do a good job wrapping up Mando real soon. So Yeah, and then also Mando 2, uh, whatever the freaking other one was called. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. No, I think Boba Fett experience. didn't. Yeah, I think that was a good limited release. And it was it was technically... Mandalorian 2.8 and it was so a season bad. three lead in for Mando. So that's where I think they'll they'll leave Boba Fett at that. They'll bring him well, back in in season three, but he ain't go play get Pokemon too much Go, more. get outside, have fun, enjoy your day. You know, I'm I hope we can be a little bit of an escape during work and just in life and party forever. And and I loved you guys. We loved you guys. You know what? I did.